Welcome to Don't Worry About It with Neeks. And on today's episode, we've got a great guest, a great friend of mine. Uh, he's got his own podcast, Shret's Takes. Check it out. We'll be showing it up in the, uh, in the description. And um, yeah, welcome, Mike. Michael Shredder. Yeah, Neeks. I'm uh, really excited to be on your podcast and have some fun discussion. Yeah, happy to have you on. Um, so let's, uh, let's get started. <laughs> what, um, how has been, how, I mean, how's life been with, uh, with the, with the virus dealing with all that, not having it, but you know, COVID just yeah. all of it. Yeah. I mean, it's been unusual. Um, but I, I think I've taken a lot of opportunities from this, uh, and turned them into positives. So, you know, I've, I obviously, as you stated before, I made my own sports podcast as I'm looking to get into sports broadcasting, sports journalism, um, and I've been doing that since March. Um, so it's really taken off. Um, and I'm really excited about that. And, you know, I've had you on the podcast before and that's, that, that was a lot of fun. And, you know, I've, I've also invested time just in, you know, I'm working two, two or three jobs. I think, yeah, th actually yeah, two jobs now. And, um, you know, also just playing basketball, um, you know, indoor gyms, if certain indoor gyms based on like the safety protocols are open. So it's been pretty good. Um, you know, and obviously, you know, just, it's, it's been a little weird um, not being able to really interact with friends, but you know, it's kind of the price you pay to, to make sure you're keeping yourself healthy, but you know, I take everything kind of as a positive as you can take it, I guess, in a sense. Yeah, that's fair. What, um, what are the jobs, both jobs you're doing? So I'm working as a uh, journalist intern at Repute PR. It's a uh, public relations journalism uh, firm in New York City. I'm doing it virtually. So they usually give me sports articles to write about. Um, recently, um, now I'm, I'm writing about you know, different social media platforms, but I've written articles about just like general stuff in sports to uh, legality of sports betting to, um, you know, white color, like, you know, fraud that's been committed by different athletes yeah. in certain sports. So, um, you know, per week, I'm usually writing, you know, three to four articles of, you know, between six and 10 pages in length. Um, so it, it's a great experience. I mean, I, I really enjoy it. And then my second job is a mixture. So I train with this trainer, Ken Coluco, and he allowed me to work with him as a trainer and as an AAU coach. So on the weekends, I get to coach an AAU team, which means like I have like no weekends really free. And then during the week, you know, I, I get to work a little bit on, you know, training there. And then I also have my sub basketball training where I train local kids from Ridgewood at like a local uh, outdoor court uh, twice a week, three times. And then I train a six year old kid too. So I get to do that three times a week. Um, so I'm very busy. You know, I, 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 did, I did that on purpose because my parents don't really want me being in the house all the time, uh, wasting my time. And I also, I'm a guy who needs to constantly be busy and stimulated with stuff uh, to feel like I'm actually doing something with a purpose. So that's um, what kind of transpired there, I guess, in a sense. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's a busy, busy schedule right there. So you're taking, you're taking the semester off for academically, right? Uh, yeah. Well, I'm taking the whole year off and that's oh, due okay. to academic whole year. Yeah. So yeah. Cause our winter season got canceled. Right. So that the, there's a bat, there's a basketball component to it, but it was mostly due to academic reasons. Right. I didn't want to have my parents pay $70,000 for online classes since we weren't going to be able to go back. And I understand the whole situation. I'm not angry at Amherst for the, their, their situation. I understand they had to do what they had to do. And they, and they have kept the school really safe. So kudos to them on that. But I just felt from an academic perspective, I didn't learn that well doing online classes. Um, even though my grades are pretty good there, I just didn't get enough out of the academic experience because I'm, I'm a really, when I mean, you've been in class with me, I'm, I'm a very, you know, hands-on learner. I need to be in the, you know, I ask a lot of questions. I mean, I've annoyed you with the questions I've asked in class. So. <laughs> You know, it, yeah, th th that, that's just generally the gist. And, you know, obviously I understand why people took their, you know, are taking online now and because they want the education. So I, I get it, but online just didn't work for me. And the fact that like, I, I just wasn't getting priority coming back to school. That just didn't make any sense to me, especially the fact that also we're not having a season two. I want to make sure I get two more years to really achieve both basketball and academic kind of excellence at that school. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm actually on the same page with you. I mean, with the season being canceled, that was a big component, but also the fact that I didn't get much out of online. Um, and I, I mean, I've heard from, <clears throat> we had a uh, team call last, a week ago now, and, um, 
and a couple guys on our team are on campus and they were telling us about the situation on campus. And then our coach was saying that there's a likelihood that I think seniors and juniors, so I guess technically us, we would be on campus. We would be available to be on campus next semester. But it would still be the same rules. Um, and there would be – and when I've listened to the rules, it sounds terrible. <laughs> it sounds very locked down. It sounds like – he was saying like you um, – one of our teammates, Declan, he was saying that um, you can't ever be alone. You're not allowed to be in rooms more than 10 people still. You can't leave campus under any – under. I mean, I think under certain circumstances you can, but I think it's very difficult and it rarely happens. Um, you can – they've just recently been, been able to start ordering food uh, off campus, and they can only use it through a certain service, and that service isn't – what I've heard is not very good. Um, so that's obviously limited right there. And then you can't – I mean, the w biggest thing is you can't be alone. You have to have – like someone needs to know where you are all the time. You have to be following these sets of rules with being uh, socially distant and um, wearing a mask all the time. And, I mean – I get the ruling. I get because it's working. Like you said, kudos to them. I mean, it is working, but there's got, there's got to be some wiggle room. I mean, you can't, you're, you should be able to walk around on campus alone without having to sign up on a sheet and telling someone that you're, that you're here and then you're going to this building and like, right. and then there, it just doesn't sound, and I'm especially being a junior or a senior, like we're, we're used to the freedom more. I mean, I get it as in a younger age, but even as a sophomore, I mean, you've already had a year of college, I guess not necessarily the, this year's sophomores because of what they had. But you know, what I'm saying is that like these, these, you're older, you're, you're more independent. And um, <clears throat> it sounds like, you know, you're getting your hand held the whole time. And that's, so I'm, I'm, especially the situation I have with, I mean, um, I think, I mean, no, well, I, I'm happy that I've, I made the decision that I have with being on this ranch and continuing to learn a lot and work a lot and being tired and, uh, but also being able to have this podcast and stuff and learning a whole new lifestyle. And, um, but yeah, I mean, it sounds like your situation is really good because you're, you're filling up a lot of that time and you're not forcing yourself to stay home, which is what I've heard a lot of with people who are either taking classes online or doing internships. Right. And you're occupying yourself and you're getting out of the house, which is awesome. But even when you're staying home, you're, you're still grinding. I mean, six to 10 pages of, of work and a couple a week. I mean, that's, that's a lot, but it's probably been for like, when I think of writing a lot and especially writing about sports, it sounds awesome that, I mean, it's exhausting, but it's awesome. And you're getting, you're kind of expanding your vocabulary and you're expanding your context and expanding your understanding of, of sports betting and other and um and the legality of all that and also well i guess whatever else you've written on which is pretty cool but um i mean yeah yeah what, no, i mean it, it's it's definitely interesting um it, it, it's weird because you know obviously look i i was originally coming to amherst as, as like a finance guy being that prototypical kind of person there i was an econ like you know focused kind of person when i came in um realized after a while even though i went to london school of economics the summer going to my sophomore year and really enjoyed that experience and really enjoyed taking accounting. Um, I took accounting cause I thought it was really like, it's a really good life skill to know. Mm -hmm. um, but based on just finance generally, even though I think it's interesting and cool, I personally looked at it and I started taking more writing classes, started realizing that I like broadcasting about sports. And I was saying, you know what, the way that sports industry is now, I feel like I could go in and help it, you know, become a little bit more reliable. Now I'm not saying me myself, because, you know, yeah. one person can't turn on any business, but I'm saying, you know, at least add like a fresh voice to it. Add someone that's not going to be, you know, making everything, you know, very generalized. Um, I think, you know, obviously look, the, the, like we've talked about this before, but the problem with sports is just, you know, there's no contextual evidence. There's evidence. They use statistics very well. Statistical evidence, but, yeah. Not context. Right. Because for example, like, right. Like you guys watch soccer all the time and you probably get angry with guys who don't really want, like watch the game. Well, especially the premier league, which is just, you know, obviously look, it's been like, a, it, at least in the last week, it's been very up and down during the scores. I mean, crazy results. Um, you know, we, yeah. I was talking with the, your friend, you know, your buddy from the soccer team last week about like how Aston Villa like destroyed Liverpool and how man, you got destroyed by Tottenham. It, it, like, like, you know, and the thing is like, you know, people are going to, who do understand soccer are going to be like, oh, they just didn't come out ready to play today. 
where there are you know schematics and they're all also how the team's constructed might not be prepared for that certain type of you know way that that team plays right and that's because the that's the fault of the media though you have to have and look you don't have to play to play the sport to know the sport you can read tutorials you can under, you can understand the game but it, you have to talk to coaches you have to you have to at least talk to players who understand the game because that's your knowledge right um, like during this time i've generally understood how to play basketball a little better um because of coaching right i've had to draw up plays for a bunch of you know, sophomores through seniors in high school. And whether or not, I mean, we haven't really executed the plays really well yet. Um, I think we're still getting there. Um, but my thing is like, you look, like, like I'm a very, you know, laid back kind of person. Um, I mean, obviously I'm competitive, but like, you know, I, I do get tired of seeing people give opinions that aren't based on any context. And, you know, it's, I think it's unfair to the athletes uh, to get that scrutiny if there's not context surrounding it. You know, if you just give generalized facts but don't really explain how that happened, um, I don't really take you seriously because I want to expl- I want to know. Hey, you look like you said. Okay, LeBron James didn't play well in the 2011 Finals, right? Okay, so explain to me why that was. Well, he didn't want to. Here's the reasons. Oh, he didn't. He didn't. Uh, he didn't have that killer dog in him. Okay, that's a generalized statement. Like, what did Dallas do? They went a two-three zone, which made him a perimeter shooter. He wasn't comfortable going to the rim. He wasn't aggressive enough attacking the zone. Right? Those are fair arguments, right? Because they had a defensive scheme, and he probably didn't adjust as well as he needed to to win that series. Right? That's a fair argument. But that's like that's generally what like writing these articles. I try to when I actually write these articles, I don't put any of my opinion in it because I'm not I I because they want everything being like fact, 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 fact. What's the story? What's the what's the consequences of yeah, it? What's happening? What, what came of it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and you learn a lot more the way. Now it's a it's a boring story because everyone wants to hear opinions, which is perfectly fine. But there should be context involved because then people get should be like, here's the story, and then here's my opinion. Yeah. Then people are gonna be like, okay, I don't I agree with that guy's opinion. I don't agree with this guy's opinion, but they know what the story is and they understand that. I mean, they can make their own opinion on it, right? And that's the problem with media today, generally. Um, yeah, no, that's, that, that applies to and, all. And that's, why, and that's why, like, you know, watching the news is a waste of time for a lot, for me. And I, I know that I know that you don't really watch the news. And I generally know a lot of, well, there are, I, I will not make that statement. I do know people watch the news more now than they did before mm-hmm. because of the fact they're at home more. But I think, yeah, like, you know, I think that watching the news is a little bit of a waste of time because it just gets you pissed off if you don't agree with, you know a certain a certain story yeah. or a certain viewpoint right and that's because they want ratings they don't want to give you actual you know real facts and it's not just you know one network over another it's like you know across the board you know it's ratings versus you know real journalism and it's and that and it's it's a, it's a shame to see because you know especially our younger generation you know we like we should, we're living to know stories we're living to understand how things work because we're trying to figure our way in the real world yeah well that's a key to like formulating your own opinion i mean you have to have the facts to be able to make your own opinion. Like I was telling you earlier about how, I mean, I don't watch the news. I also can't. I mean, there's supposed to be a TV behind me. There isn't. So it's not like I can watch the news. I mean, I'll get, you know, the news feed or something. Like I have the availability to, but I'm not seeking it out. So um, I'll hear about it, certain things, but and I'll see like very minimal amount of news. But I'll, I mean, a lot of uh, what... Um, a lot of what you'll see is also Twitter. I mean, social media is like the easiest form of receiving a certain set of news, but that is also the worst way to get news because you're getting a certain agenda, a certain, you know, um, there's a certain direction that it takes an ideology or whatever and in, in imposing that you may or may not agree with. And so that automatically makes you form an opinion before you even know what the facts are. And so what I've had to do is look at, look at a set of tweets and, and kind of just look at what happened first and kind of find and kind of look through the BS and then see, okay, okay, this is actually what happened. And then you kind of read the opinion. You're like, all right, I don't agree with that. Or I do agree with that. And that's made it really difficult. And that's also boring. I mean, you have to waste your time looking, you're skeeving through what is really true and what isn't because a lot of the times you'll see, you'll see a lot of these, um, in, in sports, a lot of the time, you'll see like um, decisions that were made by executives or managers or players and they're saying, and then they're giving reasons for those decisions. And those players will not have said explicitly 
why they did what they did. Maybe they'll come out later, but sometimes they'll just jump to conclusions. And that just is so flawed. That is so, and it's like we were saying with like contextual evidence, that's what you need. You need a context. You need to understand where these people are coming from. It's the same thing with politics. It's the same thing with society. It's the same thing with anything. You need to understand that there's, <clears throat> there's who they are, where they're from, whatever, what they do. And then there's what actually happened and then why, that, why it happened. And, um, <clears throat> and going back to like <clears throat> with, um, with sports and, you know, the news, and especially in, uh, with sports is that there's a lot of people who, um, who don't play the sport who are giving takes on sports. And that's why it's awesome to listen to you. And also, like you were saying about why you like to do this is that you're, <clears throat> you play basketball. So you have an understanding of what is the style of play and how there's a variation of styles of play <clears throat> and how there's always going to be a flaw in a style of play and a, and a player. Um, there's not, you know, there's not like this omnipotent one single guy who is just going to be unstoppable on every single style of play. There's, that doesn't exist. There are teams beat players. Players don't beat an entire team. It doesn't work like that. And so, um, I may have to slightly disagree in basketball because LeBron, like LeBron well, yes, kind of beat. You look, at, you look at that, but he still had a team with him. You know, oh, absolutely. No, absolutely. He, had, I, he was still getting I get, I get what you're saying, though. I do get what you're yes. saying. And, I mean, even look, look, at, and look at soccer. I mean, we talk about how um, – Oh, soccer's a great example of, of team over yeah, players. Yeah, and it's 11 v 11. Messi might have a bad game. Messi might have a bad game, right? His team might – like or his time in Argentina is a perfect example, right? So I watched the World Cup, I think it was back in 2016, I guess. When it was, 2018. Maybe I'm wrong. It was 2014. 2018, yeah. So 2014, right? So when I was watching Messi then, what I found out about him is like, you know, teams would, you know, adjust their schemes to him. Because obviously Messi's arguably the GOAT of soccer, right? He's, you know, an unbelievable player, right? Yeah. But – his team was good enough to adjust to that and still do well, even if he wasn't because yes. of how they were coached and how they could adjust. And again, that's why teams, for, you know, international soccer teams, especially like Europe and Southern American teams are so good because it's not just the talent. It's because they understand the game so well mm-hmm. versus why, I mean, I think American soccer players have that ability, but it's either the coaching isn't as good or the talent is as good because again, we see the U S women's team who's phenomenal yeah right and the u.s men's team who will make the, te- not, the work up and they're not that good right and i'm not saying like look these soccer players obviously are incredible players but it's just comp- relative to their competition yes and yeah. and like again it all comes down to schemes and and you know the a point that you made earlier about social media which is like this is why for me like oh look, i go on social media everyone does right yeah. I don't go on to actually read any of the political stuff that yeah, people put yeah, on. Absolutely. Not because I don't think it's true. It's not why. It's just because, unfortunately, there are many cases, even though I think that things that post, people post things about like, hey, how, how you can get yourself better. And like at these certain things. I'm perfectly fine with that. But posting a video, right? So I have sometimes read stuff after that video is posted where there's a complete facts that, you know, counteract that story. And the problem is you don't know what to believe. And since so many people in our age group, so I looked at the statistics, I was writing a, a, you know, writing a, a paper, an article about policies within Instagram and Facebook and all these different things, right? It's 92% of the users on social media are between 18 and 29 years old. That's crazy, that's, right? That's, and and it, make, it makes a lot of sense, right? Because why are people on social media mostly, right? To connect to people, to get approval for nice photos they post, right? Or not, but it's mostly for the connectivity. And to kind of find out about things that are going on, right? The problem is, right, you also have 65% of people who go on social media for their news, right, something like that. And then I told you, between 60 and 70% of it's yeah. inaccurate, right? Yeah. And, uh, and that's not saying that when people are posting these appreciation posts or these things to, like, they help yourself get better. I'm not saying those things are bad. But sometimes when people post things, right, there are always two sides to a story. And it's the job of the media to point it out. The problem is people don't want to go to the media because the media is so contentious and so entertainment filled. Yeah. Right. It's so biased. Right. And it's it, like, you know, for example, ESPN is very, um, is very biased toward hating on great players. Uh, no, sorry. That's, that, that's Skip Bayless. I'm sorry. He used to work for ESPN. <laughs> um, 
ESPN is all about glorifying great players, right? They glorify them to the extreme. LeBron, if any story with LeBron, they'll talk about the guy for an hour and a half on SportsCenter about, right? Mm-hmm. Same thing with a guy like Tom Brady. They'll talk about him for a while. Aaron Rodgers, good example, right? It's because they know that will get ratings talking about those guys. And it doesn't have to be in a great light, right? There are going to be guys in ESPN who completely – their job is to criticize LeBron James, and, there are, and then the anchor's job is to glorify LeBron James, right? And – Personally, like, in my opinion, right, LeBron is, you know, the best player of this generation, right? But that's not really that important to, like, the viewers to know. But the reason why they debate those kind of topics is because they know it will get ratings. And, and yeah, that's what they're trying exactly. to do, right? And they do a good job. There's, again, look, I understand ESPN, I think, where they had to let go a lot of their workers because they weren't making a lot of money based on the fact that the NBA viewership was down. Mm-hmm. But – Generally, before this period of time, ESPN was a very successful sports new network. Obviously, everyone knows it. Um, and the reason why I look, the re- it was tough because you have only, I don't know if you know this, but I will, this is a little bit of a tangent I'm getting off of it. But the NBA Finals, for example, had 18.7 million people view game six of the 2019 Finals. Jeez. This year it was 5.5 million. Jeez, and whole slew of things. Supposedly people were angry at the social justice stuff, which, okay, like, I don't really think that's a big deal. It really isn't. They're also, again, they're competing with football and baseball, right? Yeah. And the reason yeah. why people are, like, getting angry is because they're saying, well, you feel LeBron James, you should still get a lot of views. And the problem is now I think people are, like, you know, are uh, looking at athletes differently. And I think this is something I want to talk about, too, is, like, yeah. I think it's really important for athletes to use their platform in any way positive not to destroy and degrade people's opinions, but to uplift and make society better. Right. And that sounds like, Oh, nice. Nice little, you know, good statement. You said there, Mike, you know, like you're like, you know, nice vague, like nice thing you said. Yeah. 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 I know what you're saying. No, but, but, but it's true though. Right. Like it's because athletes, especially athletes who, you know, went from, you know, lower income to now making a lot of money. They are already such a good example how the american dream could actually be achieved right not just by saying hey to you guys who live the same community as me that you can you know be a professional athlete but the fact that like look at like a guy like lebron james whether or not you agree with his politics or not the fact that he gave money to akron schools to build the i promise school and then to make his own children's book and to help with those communities people don't realize education is so critical for people being able to get jobs right where you go how you're educated that determine a lot of times it determines what your job is, right? Because now look, there's more diversity claim now, which I think is a great thing because you know you, you need diversity in the workplace, right? But it's also now with the better education, what I'm hoping happens is that people will still have the great skills again, that job, right? And the diverse background will still help with that. And that's so important going forward. Um, and I think that's what athletes can do. Donating money to charity organizations to help. Then also going to those charity organizations to make sure that their vision is being followed through. Yeah. That's important. It's just getting yeah. money, that's a great start, but you should go there and make sure that your vision's being you it's know, the investment of time. Upheld. Right, right. And I'm glad I'm glad you made this actually that tangent because I mean I was thinking about like you see it almost every day. There's always a um, some some thread or something on on being mentioned on social media about um, you know, this athlete having wearing a shirt that says you know, making a, a statement that has that has to do with a societal or political issue. And I'm like, especially in the United States, I mean, it's the First Amendment. You're allowed to do and say whatever you want right. to an extent without repercussions, especially when they're a positive message, um, especially as we've seen on, on NBA jerseys. There's, um, there's a lot of like, I, I don't remember exactly what they're saying because I don't want to be too narrow on this, but I remember there's, there's like, they have words or they have statements. It was like more than just a player or stuff like that. And like, there was, it was, it was positive. And there's, and even like I've seen recently with, I think Lewis Hamilton, he wore a shirt that said like arrest the cops that, um, that killed Breonna Taylor. That's not a negative statement. That's like, it's saying, for example, arrest someone that killed someone else. When I believe that's unreasonable, he has an opinion. That's not necessarily a negative thing either. And some people argue like keep politics out of saying a lot of that, like keep politics out of sports. And it's like, it's not politics. That's not, that's not a political issue right there. That'll that separate incident alone, for example, 
um, is not a political issue. That's a societal issue. That's a philosophical thing. That comes down to the people and individual people. It doesn't come down to a system. That's people dealing right. with things and, there's, and they, they're giving input. And that's what they're allowed to do, especially when there's even when you were saying that there's 18 point something million last year, but this year there's only five. That's still 5 million people watching. There's still, that's a ton of people being able to take in that message. And so I think they have full rights and they, sh I mean, they do, but I think the fact that the, the argument is that, oh, people shouldn't, or athletes like LeBron James shouldn't be making um, statements about uh, certain issues is so stupid because they not only, like you were saying that not only they've proved that the American dream works in, in their way, but they're showing that if you um, harness your skill, your best attributes, your abilities, and you apply them and you, and you, uh, and you also well-educated, I mean, and you actually focus and you give your time and you kind of invest in a lot. And obviously there's, there's advantages and disadvantages, but there's also ways to, there's also, um, those, those are just obstacles in a sense to some people. And those people right. have, there's millions of people that have been able to jump those obstacles. And so those <clears throat> going back to like the fact that athletes do make statements it's it should be totally fine. It should be totally acceptable because it's not like they're saying, you know, kill Donald Trump. They're not saying that. They're saying like, they're saying rash, reasonable things. Black Lives Matter. That's a reasonable thing. That's not something ridiculous. That's not a hard thing to wrap your mind around. Very, right. very normal statement that should be accepted in society as, as all lives should matter. So Black Lives Matter. That's a given thing. And, and the fact that there's a discussion that it's like they're giving their opinion where they shouldn't let them play sports. When did, when was sports not about people? When was it just about the athlete and that's it? No. When you think about anything, any athletics, the uh, news transfer rumors, or you're talking about um, schematics or even styles of play, that's still about the person because it's their athletic yeah. ability. Right. It's my mentality. It's their, um, it's their, you know, attributions coming in. So it's still the human being and those human beings have a right and a platform yeah. to give input on things that, that matter. Right. And, and, um, and go and kind of leading onto this is that, <clears throat> I mean, it's kind of hard to <laughs> direct it, but I think with going back to like contextual evidence, I mean, it's kind of like the context with, with these people. I mean, they know, they know they're being followed. So why wouldn't they say something? Why wouldn't yeah. they just be like, hey, you know what? I'm just going to shut up and dribble. No. When was that ever like, why would you want to be dehumanizing? That's a dehumanizing thing. Yeah. And, and it's interesting too, because um, what's, what's interesting now is like, you see like how like certain big tech companies are like, you know, censoring people on certain things. Right. And that's happened. Yeah. Right. And um, the thing is, right. And like, we're all advocating free speech here. Right. I'm not really like, again, like that, ha that has happened, but then there's also been seasons, like you just said, shove and dribble, right? We, we want, we want people to be able to think they want to think, but again, you know, it, even if a story is untrue, right? Even if it's a conspiracy theory, it's the job of people in the media to figure that out. Right. Yeah, to make sense of it. It, it. Like, for example, right. You should like, I get right. that maybe people, the person who said that on, on Fox news disagrees with LeBron's political stance. Mm -hmm. that makes sense you're She's, allowed to think that that's an opinion yeah right and that's fine but what i think you know again like you know there there are certain things that lebron says that people don't agree with right and because i don't think it's rooted like in context necessarily but what lebron's trying to bring awareness to right is the fact of like i'm an athlete and you use my platform which is fine like again i i have no problem with that my only issue with the with the whole thing was just like all the political commercials because I'm, I'm fine with people yeah. having their names in the back of their jersey. I'm fine them making statements after games. I'm fine with, you know, I'll see all the political logos on the, on the, on the, on the court. Now, unfortunately, due to the ratings now, Adam Silver now is changing his rhetoric and saying we're not going to be doing all those, like, political slogans during the game because, again, it's going to be after the election's over anyway because that's when the season's going to start again, right? It's going to start in, like, December. Um, so he's kind of saying, like, you know, it's probably going to be better anyway. Um, it's also interesting too, because I think that you know, with free speech, obviously, look, you, you obviously can't, I mean, it's, you can say whatever you want in a sense, but again, there are going to be repercussions. You got to also there are, yeah, have the a, consequence to your actions. Absolutely. 
Right. But I think whenever you're, you're saying anything, right, you, you always should think about like who you're going, like who you're going to hurt me with the statement. Right. And like, again, like I'm not saying like, don't say it. I'm just saying, you know, make sure that, you know, if you're, if you're making it, especially a political statement, right. Just because everyone is so hot, like hot on mm-hmm. political debate now. Run thin ice right? all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and for example, like everyone thinks that when you say a statement, you're offending them. No, I think mean, like, for example, if I talk about a policy issue, right? I'm not necessarily trying to offend people with that policy issue. I'm just saying, hey, here's what I think the opinion on it is, right? And the things with policies, right? Here are certain policies I think that work. And I, and I would give evidence to why that is because, you know, like, I, like when I've like, looked at politics now, it's not because I've read the news, but I've looked at politics and I've looked at policies and I would like give reasons for why they've worked and I've explained that. And then, you know, some people might be like, oh, I agree or disagree with that. That's fine. I, I have no problem with that, right? Like, you know, my family, my friends, like we'll have agreements and disagreements. And, that, and I think that's great because what that does, right, is you kind of learn a different perspective. And I think that, you know, that's getting lost a little bit now is that if you say something that someone doesn't like on both sides, they shut you down. And I think that's really wrong in our society because yeah. America's not built on that. America's built on this allowing group. yourself to have, right, having little, America's really built on to have debate. That's literally what it's built on. Think about it. Yeah. We have two different political parties that believe two different principles and they work together, they debate together to come to a compromise that helps the country succeed. Uh-huh. That's what, that's where our country's built. It's built on, you know, it's built on people being able to hopefully achieve what they want to achieve. Now, can they be better things? Because again, the history has not been equal for everyone else. And I yeah. acknowledge that. Right. But I think that's, you know, like, for example, I, I think, you know, generally things, I think things will get better. And um, I know people are looking very pessimistically at America right now, but I think, it will get better. I, I think, you know, I agree. this is all, it's all a little bit over dramatized by the media. And I think it will get better over time. I think there needs to be less censorship, less of pushing down people's thoughts that they disagree with you. Cancellation. I, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I just see like, that's just, that's a problem, right? Like people should be able to say what they want to say. And then someone who agree, disagrees with them be like, Hey, you know what? I understand your opinion, but here's why you're wrong. You're, yeah. you're, you're, you're forgetting, you're leaving this out. You're not, you're not acknowledging this fact that I pointed up. And I'll be, I sit there and I'll be like, oh, great. You know, yeah. that's, that's great to hear. And, and, that, and that's a problem with sports media, right? And they'll be like, well, you know, Tom Brady, uh, you know, only threw over 240 yards last night. He's not that good. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, we threw 240 yards. But you missed out, misled that his team also rushed for 200 yards. Yeah. You, you missed out that his defense held the team to 10 points. You missed you missed out on these things, right? And that just takes that, that just takes a little bit more observation and a little bit more of sympathy and understanding to be able to have that kind of conversation. Learning, yeah. Um, and again, the reason why a lot of people in our generation have a lot of contentious debate is because we're all kind of growing up and trying to figure out our way in the real world, right? We're all mm-hmm. you know eighteen to twenty three years old, trying to figure out what the hell we want to do with our lives, and yeah. it's it's not it's not that easy, right? You know, you're like you're sitting at home right now. In the middle of a pandemic and you know obviously everyone's a little bit on edge well not everyone most people are a little bit on edge um about the pandemic now there's some people who just don't care um which they're, i don't think they're fools right but there's also a sense of like being a little too constricted yes that too which i think, which I think isn't good either like again you should go outside and you know be safe and still do stuff but you shouldn't be like all right now it's the time for me to go hit up the bars and do That's all this stuff because it's not that time yet, but it is also time to, you know, if you want to go, if there's a safe place, you can go work out like in a park or something, do that. Right. If you can social distance with friends, go ahead and do that. Right. But you know, it, 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 there's, you know, there's a sense of just like not being too loose and not being too constricted. Yeah. Like well, that's a balance. There's a balance there. And going back to your point about like the fact that, I mean, this country was built on two, not, I wouldn't say clashing, but compromising ideologies coming together and working for the best solution. And that is, like you said, is, is the key to learning. I mean, actually, that's what I'm saying, is the key to learning. It's like you were, you were describing oh, yeah. a scenario where someone, you're, this happens with family as well. It happens with my friends. I mean, so many of my friends I probably disagree with. Um, I would, and I, like you were saying, you're, you're more of a conservative, a moderate conservative person. I would disagree with probably some of the things you would say. Now, that being said, I don't know enough about policy to have specific, you know, um, opinions now maybe if i learned more i'd probably be able to form those but that comes with discourse that comes with learning that doesn't come with shoving down one shoving one ideology down my throat and then not letting me see the other side 
And that's kind right. of what we've seen with cancel culture. That's what we've seen with, um, with sports media. That's what we've seen with political media. That's what we've seen with academics. We've seen in academia is a big thing there. I mean, you look at, um, as we talked about earlier, I mean, you look at Amherst, we were look, talking about how we've kind of, we've, I mean, not kind of, we've, it, the, the academic scheme of ideologies and knowledge has, um, has been on the left for years and years. And I think a diversity of knowledge has been withering and it's withered. I pretty much, I mean, as, um, I think, like you were saying before that, I think I've learned more about the, um, a, diversity, a diversified you know, way of thinking off campus than I have on campus because, right. because I'm, I'm just interacting with different people that don't necessarily all agree the same thing. And that's awesome. That's beautiful. That is the most best thing. I mean, not the most best thing. That is the best thing that could happen to someone because they're from those different ideologies, from those different you know, viewpoints, they're gathering this set of knowledge and they're going to inform their own opinions. And I think, and what I was going to say about like talking about free speech, a big counter to all the free speech is that like, look what happened with Donald Trump. He got to the point of being president. And the idea is that like, <laughs> he's gotten to say the most blasphemous shit and he's gotten to this point. Now that's agree, just, and that, that makes sense. <laughs> that's a very reasonable like argument and point to make, but that's also, that's also how we've gotten, or other presidents as well. And there've been a lot of great presidents, a lot of other bad presidents as well. There's a lot of corruption in policy and politics, but politics isn't the only thing running society. I mean, you look at a lot of laws now and today, we're trying to change a lot of laws. We're trying to decriminalize certain things and we're trying to legalize a bunch of other things and we're trying to right. um, change. And there's, there's a big discussion on all these things. And those, and so there's, those don't own the only things, the only philosophies that are driving, um, are driving society and so yeah to kind of cool like, if I jump, cool if I jump in here for a second um, yeah, yeah, yeah. so I, I was gonna say that your point about academia is interesting because so for example I mean look you and I are psychology majors and I think the psychology department at Amherst we've actually learned a lot about that stuff which has been really cool like learning about like different stuff now it's like I think you know the math department at Amherst is really good I, I, my thing is like yeah like, like you know I think it's fine if Amherst you know we're not just Amherst but like if schools want to teach one certain uh, philosophy like if, that, if they think that's, that's the correct philosophy yeah, yeah. That's, that's not my problem but again showing saying here's the alternative let's discuss why that's wrong right that's fine right like like, like i'll sit there right and like yeah. the reason why i'm more of a moderate conservative is because like there are points on the left that i agree with like i like i, I definitely look at like a thing like climate change i understand you know even though i'm more for like the maybe the uh the um kind of like the step-by-step -step process with oh, yeah, you know yeah. renewables i i do understand why people are like we need rule rules right away because i mean our environment isn't great um and i do understand that right but also just blaming you know one you know ideology for that you know not everyone in that party thinks the same thing right so i think it's it's important for people to at least hear both sides because when yeah. you go on the real world you're not going to be able to just debate against you like, or talk to people that are just with you. You work yeah. with people, you're going to work with people who are not just like me, who are like a moderate conservative. You're going to meet people who are part of like the Tea Party and people who are libertarian and people who are part of the socialist party of our country. That's a really small party or like That's any nice. of that kind of stuff. But yeah. Right. Because again, like, you know, people think different things. Right. And that's why, you know, we've had so many successful in different industries in our countries because of that. Right. Because mm. people have different opinions. They're able to work together. They have, you know, people who have different kind of mindsets and fit well in different places. So, you know, I, I, I think, you know, obviously, look, you know, the, the, the academics going to do what they need to do. Um, but yeah, I think having a little bit more of a diversity of thought, and I, I don't think that ever, that ever can hurt. Um, I, I think, you know, obviously, you know, like I've learned a lot of stuff this outside Amherst, because again, since you're learning one ideology, and since I'm also not taking political science classes at Amherst College, just because that's not really my major. Um, I've, you know, I've went, I've learned a lot this year just because I've, I've been studying a lot of sports and I've also read some things on politics, some things just life generally. Yeah. And when you're out in the real world, you're, but you're also learning how to manage your time as a, as a job employee, as an intern, yeah. right? Which I think you, you don't really get the opportunity to do at Amherst unless you work for some of their fellowship programs or you work as like, you know, you work for a professor in the summer. You don't really get that whole experience otherwise because you're out of college, right? Yeah. But 
The one thing I will say though is at least like at least for the psycho psychology and math departments, I've learned a lot at Amherst, and I think that's because the professors have done a very good job. Um, yes, I and that's because I took those classes specifically. I didn't want to take poli sci at a uh, at a college just because I didn't really want to get in a political debate. Politics is not really fun debate about it because you, <laughs> it's end up not hating debate, no. you end up hating the person i mean again like you know i took a, a class called growing up in america which is basically talking about you know you know challenge people faced with racism and all that kind of stuff and it ended up turning into a little bit of a political class um and i didn't really think it was great for everyone i learned a lot but i also think that pe some people didn't like each other in that class after that after that point right and i think that was not really good um but I think that, you know, I got, I got along with those people in the class because I listened to their opinions and whether or not I agreed with them, I didn't agree with, with some of their points, but I think that they, you know, at least I could hear, like, hear their concerns. Okay, I get it, right? Yeah. And that's the way I approach it. That's the reason why I think, you know, I try to get along with people who even I disagree with because they have a different side and listening to a different side is so important. And I think that's important for not because, because, you know, I'm not saying Amherst, you know, I, I think Amherst hopefully will do this in the future, but especially even schools that are even like, you know, even more strict in terms of like ideology than like a school like Amherst. It's just important to have diversity of thought, not saying that you have to agree with that, that opinion, yeah. but it's that, you know, not everyone that goes yeah. to your school is like, that goes to like, you know, let's say the university of Alabama is a conservative, not everyone that goes there is conservative. Right. Yeah. And pushing just a conservative viewpoint on them either is not good either. Right. It, it, it's also like a two way street learning both sides. Cause what you want to do is you want to be able to navigate that. So you go in the real world and you're talking about things that work wherever you're working, especially people who are looking to get into law or politics. It's always important to know what the other side thinks, right? Beside, but not, not the stereotypes because stereotyping people is not good either. Right. If you stereotype people, it's, it's horrible. Right. You know, that, that, that's a problem for a lot of African-Americans. They get stereotypes based on their, their skin color. And I think that's really, you know, unfair and unacceptable. Right. Or, you know, you're a, you go from a political party and they stereotype you for what you believe, right? People say like, you know, people on the left are anti like America, which is just like a small portion of that, of that yeah. party. And then they say people on the right are, are white supremacists, which are again, a small percentage. The majority of the people are, are good American people that care about the country that have the same issues in mind. They just have different ways of solving them, which is great. I think that's what needs to be we, well, the way the country was, conducted probably eight years ago has been lost. Our country has turned into yeah. a basically a freak show because we have, again, this is the, the problem of, of Trump coming in here is the sense that he, since he's, you know, is willing to kind of call out anyone and insult them, people think they can insult their way to the presidency based yeah. on their political, you know, the, not really the, right, which is, it, which is not good for anyone. You don't want to insult someone's character or their family or, right? Um, now, look, you can say, look, this person was not really truthful in this stuff and their policies never worked. But like, again, what is what, what is being a leader ultimately come down to your policies, right? And how you can lead and how you can your govern. Right. It's not entirely right. personality. It's not entirely but we're not, personality. Also, right. But our, our, our governance also not concerned by, like, by tyrannical control. It, we have a legislative, we have a judicial, and we have an executive branch for a reason because laws are passed in Congress. The judicial branch upholds the other constitutional and the president then enforces those laws out to the people, right? Yes. So that's that's why our country is constructed the way it is. Now I get why people don't necessarily like maybe like, there's like, you know, again, I haven't really talked or like researched enough about like the whole like, you know, today what, what the system arguments problems like that people see are. Um, based on where I've seen people live, I can understand based on the history how that, 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 that might be the case. Um, but again, it's working together. It's compromised, right? And that's all going back to like, you know, even, even sports media, right? Like, you know, you, you, work, you work together on things, you work together on stories, you make sure people's opinions are heard. You don't shut down someone for thinking differently. You don't tell them they don't know what they're talking about. Because if you're on a panel, right, with people, everyone there generally knows an idea about the sport, right? If you tell them you have no idea what you're talking about, that degrades their opinion. That's and they're automatically, their yeah, and they're automatically not going to listen to you. I mean, if you ever make a personal attack and having a discussion about a certain ideology or some, some, some uh, concept or whatever it is, and you just say, you know what, you don't know shit. That's the that automatically they shut down and they they just go in defense mode. They start defending and they ground themselves into that that position, and then they do not stand by. They won't listen to right. what you have to say. They won't have anything. And that digs a hole. And that's like, 
what you've been saying about um which is i mean to like kind of conceptualize it is polarization it's this it's this like there's there's these people that that are socialists and neo-marxists and there are these white supremacists but that's not the huge part of the population and one thing and what i was telling you about that book earlier the parasitic mind is that in academia obviously this guy's more in academia so he's he speaks more on the left is that they there is so much in social media and in and just in academia as well like there's a big voice are these are is neo-marxism and um and this anti-america anti-capitalism but they don't speak for um you know the rest of the left and a big thing is that if you do go against any of those ideologies if you do go against any of that you just get canceled and that just puts you and that puts you in a position where you either just switch to the other side you go to the right or you just follow along you become a cow in the herd and that is terrible. That is, that is the worst way to do anything. People are scared now. You see a lot of that. There's a lot of people who you'll see in discussions, um, and I've listened on, on YouTube, you'll hear, um, verse, I mean, there's just arguments that people will have about, for example, like defending postmodern, or not postmodern thought in general, but defending, um, for example, the idea that science is a social construct. And it's like, they give you these superficial arguments and then there's, but there's no, there's no backing to it. There's nothing to explain it because they don't really know much more. And that's kind of like, all right, you know what? It's ba basically what they did was I don't want to get canceled. I don't want to get ridiculed. I don't want to get shut down. So I'm just going to follow because it's better. And they just keep their heads down and keep going. And right. the worst way to do this thing, that is, that is anti-freedom because you're not allowed to now argue. You're not allowed to have this discourse. And in, um, and it's, and in, it's also like you see in sports. I mean, it's obviously it's easier to do in sports because sports aren't, don't weigh on our lives, you know, day to day as much, but they obviously can have an input, but it's, I mean, day to day, like if you, for example, people aren't <clears throat> dying over Cristiano Ronaldo versus Lionel Messi. No one really at the end of the day is going to care. They'll just talk about it. They disagree. Life goes on. Now, obviously policy and philosophy and, and all these other things, affect our lives more. So they, they have a bigger weight, but even then, I mean, you can, for example, someone can be a climate change denier and like, they're not, you're not going to kill, you're not going to just ignore them for the rest of their life. Maybe they have a series of good reasons. Maybe they don't, but don't just ridicule them. Don't just shut them down and say, yeah. you know what? You don't know what you're talking about. And then that's it. They just now, and automatically that argument is done. That argument is no longer an argument. It is now you're talking to a wall and you're, you're not allowing for any expansion. You're just digging a hole and they're grounding themselves into that yeah. position more. Even if, even if what you tell them is entirely true, is entirely logical, entirely scientifically driven, there's, um, they're still, they're not going to listen to you. And that is, and that's polarization right there for you because the more, the more you'll get ridiculed, the more you'll see the left ridicule the right. You'll just, right. All they see is the far side of the right. You know, you're seeing like white supremacy and people who are just in, in, uh, entirely racist and only have these certain right. thoughts. But most, most people are pretty much in the middle, logically. Obviously, they kind of le there's a lot of leaning to a side or the other. And obviously, right. they're very easy to ground themselves on one side. I, like I just said, if you tell someone go fuck yourself. And automatically they're going to, they're going to ground themselves in that position, but they're typically just scared or angry. It's pure. It's, it's not obviously not purely emotional because obviously they have a reason, but they have a, they have a, there's people are, are not dumb. Humans are logical for the most part, rational beings who can, right. be, who can learn. And if you present them in a way that is not dehumanizing, it is not, you know, personal, you're not attacking them as a, as a person, you're just, you're just telling them what is and what is not and why you think your position is better than their position. And they, and they might say the other thing. And, but that's, that's what discourse should be about. And that's why I, um, <clears throat> I'm just hating, I'm hating cancel culture. I'm hating what I'm seeing out of this, obviously out of this book, because this guy is like really grounded in, in academia. So he, I mean, he's on the left, but he's saying like, these people don't speak for me. These, these radically left people don't speak for, 
um, my reasonably logical and like well positioned, um, or no, well kind of grounded position in uh, in thought. And in like the whole thing about science as a social contract, it's basically saying that there's a political agenda that people are pushing for with scientific facts, which is just not everything, everything should be made to be political. I exactly. mean, like, there's no, right. no direction being made. There's just a goal for truth and truth is starting to be subjectified. And it's starting to be this, this kind of gray area thing that we can't just say like, Oh, for example, yeah. gravity exists. Oh no, no, no. That's a racist thing now. Like what? Yeah. It's so, it's, yeah. No, it, 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 it look, it, it, it's tough. I mean, the reason, yeah, it's, it, it, it's all heightened emotions due to the pandemic, right? And, mm -hmm. um, you know, there is a reason why I don't get too political with anyone really outside of my family because um, I don't really see any goal to it because I'm not going to really, yeah. Yeah. as of right now, I'm looking to go into local politics or anything like that. Um, just here's the reason why my personal reason I would never go into politics is because of the media's scrutiny of politicians and their families. If I... <laughs> the media would cover you. They would look for any little detail about you. They would be like, Oh, you know, you did this at a party. Uh, and like, which was like kind of harmless, but they're like, you know, this person said that you, you know, call them a bad word. You know, you're unfit to be, you know, this office. I'm like, I'm like, okay. So like, I don't want to be like criticized like that either yeah. because you know, like, like they're going to, they're going to find something on you, even if you're the best person out there. Yeah. And you know, a lot of people that go to Amherst are great people. Um, or just general college in general. Um, well, I used to do the same word a lot there. Um, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it, it, I think that's just an interesting thing. But I, something I wanted to bring up too is uh, something that I found, found interesting is listening to um, talking about just having like a free-flowing conversation. I, a guy, I mean, you, you're a huge fan of him, right? Like Joe Rogan, right? So yeah. the reason why I think people like Joe Rogan, right, is they, even if they disagree with him, they can go on to his podcast and it's like a fun time. They have a great time. Like, like, like generally, it's a laid-back conversation um but yeah i also wanted to kind of like talk to you a little bit about so what do you how are you uh how, how's it being how's it for you not being around your um teammates as much because that must be weird because for me at least it's really weird not seeing my basketball buddies um who i spend you know even like you guys even like you know i'm very close with you know like the our grade sort of soccer yeah. you know yeah I'm, I'm very close with you guys and it's weird for me because, you know, I, like, you know, if I didn't have any of the basketball guys, you guys would be like, hey, you want to do that? They were like, well, I'll come watch uh, soccer. I'd be like, yeah, I'm down to do that. Or, you know, if I had nothing to do on a fall day, I'd be like, I'll go down and watch the soccer game or whatever. Because, and like, for me, it was like, it was good because like, what I, what I like about Amherst is that, I, you know, I, I, it's a small school. So I generally know a lot of people really well. Um, I didn't know like that you feel the same way, but like from my perspective, it's just, you know, I, I felt that was, um, you know, something I definitely miss because I got like with my jobs, it's like so hard for me to leave in a weekend and be like, all right, I'm going to go take a COVID test and then go up to Boston to see my friends. Yeah. Uh, because I, I can't, I can't leave my team on a Saturday when then we have a game at 8 PM and I have to, you know, be around for that and, you know, coach these, you know, junior guys. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I must, must, must be weird for you too. Like you oh. know, you're in Wyoming yeah. and you're like, you're really like, on Zoom, you're like, hey, guys, how's, how's London going? Or how's, uh, how's yeah. Liverpool? No, absolutely. I mean, it is it is really weird. I totally agree. It's weird day to day. I mean, you expect, you're kind of expecting to see these guys every day. I mean, I had roommates. I had, I've had, I have my roommate recently, I mean, my last year roommate was on my team. And obviously, I had teammates living next to me, above me. Um, and so it was very easy to see those guys every day. Um, and we always, I mean, you spend a lot of time, especially uh, as a fall sport guy. I mean, because we started the school year together, we got thrown into the mix of it right at the start. And so we, we had a very tight bond from the beginning. Um, but I mean, that it is weird, but also I've been really, I've been kind of used to it in the sense that I haven't seen, I mean, I obviously Alex, he lives in Virginia. So I, I hung out with him a lot over the summer, which was a lot of fun. But like everyone else, they, they live in different parts of the country. And so it's not very easy to see them when we're back home. But so that was, I mean, it was easy over the summer, obviously. But like, I remember in March and in uh, March, April, May, it was like, damn, this is weird. Like we could be doing a lot of fun stuff right now. And, you know, cause it's a springtime, you know, we're out of season. We could be watching lacrosse games, watching um, 
I guess lacrosse games is the main thing we'd go to. But like, I mean, like going playing like uh, we'd play indoor soccer. We'd go outside and play soccer. We would um, we'd obviously go out together and we'd see each other. We'd see you guys. We'd see other uh, of our friends. So that's been a lot of weird. But I mean, very weird. But it's been, I guess, over the summer, it got kind of easier and easier. And I kind of accepted the reality that I was probably not going to get to see them in the fall. But now that I'm here, because over the summer, I was seeing my friends, at least from home, for the most part, um, you know, every day, or not every day, but almost every day, trying to trying to connect with them, play soccer with them, uh, just hang out, you know, in, in a generally safe space. Not like, not like emotionally safe. I'm saying like physically, you know, yeah, virally safe place, um, be it outdoor or spread out or whatever. But now that I've been in Wy- now that I'm in Wyoming, I mean, it's, it's, I'm almost, I'm more than halfway through uh, October. And I, like recently I had like a weird, I mean, it's not weird. Totally. I just had kind of an epiphany. I was like, wow, I haven't seen someone my age in a month and a half. And it was, it was like a weird wake up call to me that like, yeah, it's, it's a very limiting. I mean, obviously that's why I started this podcast because I'm having conversations with people my age and I'm obviously, we've had FaceTimes. I've had uh, team calls. We've, I text my friends all the time. I, I try to text as much as I can, but like, obviously with the work, I mean, the internet's terrible. So automatically there's a lot of places where I just don't have service. So I'm not trying to like interact and I'm consumed by work most of the time. But in my free time, I'm trying to connect as much as I can. But man, it's, it's, it, I'm almost, I'm probably past that. Like, I'm probably getting to that point where I'm, it's not a break point, but more I've kind of accepted that I'm not seeing these guys every day, but it sucks. I don't even, it's like, it's, I'm used oh, it to really it. Does. It really, it it really does. It really does suck. Like, I love those guys. I love you guys. I love seeing everyone. I, my favorite people are people. That's kind of, it's something that Joe Rogan was saying. He says all the time. It's like, if you shouldn't, you shouldn't just hate everyone for like my favorite type of people are just people. I don't have like a specific, I mean, obviously everyone has kind of a, a set of people, but it's just, they're my friends are these people I want to be around. And I mean, that makes me appreciate this work more because I kind of, I've, it's nice to be away from your friends. It's nice to be in a different kind of area, plane of thought that is in a plane 100%. of existence. But I also miss it. I miss it a lot. And so, I mean, it's going to be weird taking that whole year off. I mean, I'm going to be back here and I'll probably be way more accustomed to it because I'm probably going to be here from like mid-January to, or maybe February, early February to May, end of May, pretty much June. So it's going to be a lot more months there. And I think I'll be more accustomed, but I'm very excited to be home. I'm very excited to come home. And I'm hoping that if there is some sort of in, in, um, um, you know, cure that in December, that would be phenomenal. That would be amazing because I would be able to travel more, be able to see more people. And I would definitely make time for that because I haven't, I haven't been able to, I mean, I haven't not even been able to, I haven't really, also put in the time I thought about that I mean you think of like um my teammates I mean there's like Miami Chicago Austin um and then there's other guys like Cal in San Diego obviously New York and New Jersey is a little easier but then there's like so it we're very spread out as well so it's kind of difficult oh um, yeah it is absolutely but maybe, yeah maybe, it's, it's for been me, for me well it's the same thing sorry I didn't mean to interrupt no but no you're, it, good. you're good for me it's the same thing because you know you I have you know like all my closest teammates uh, besides Josh Cherry, who just graduated, you know, no one else lives in Jersey um, on my team, right? The closest uh, avenue, right, for me is either D.C. or Mass. And it's probably Mass, to yeah, be honest. Massachusetts, yeah. Right? And a lot, a lot of my teammates live in Mass. But, you know, I still have to take that hike of driving four hours up there. And, you know, <laughs> uh, it, it's tough, you know, especially yeah. with Boston traffic and New York traffic. It's not ideal all the time. No, it's not. Um, and yeah, like I, I have my teammates are saying like, you know, you know, get a COVID test and come up and visit, man. You know, and, uh, and um, I've done it before, but I'm, I'm like, you know, I'm working as an AU coach in the weekends. I can't just leave my team. Yeah. That, that's something funny I wanted to just talk about a little bit, but like, I don't know if you've done any coaching. Uh, but when you're coaching for like something that actually means something, it's really hard because um, like the kids I have on my team are, you know, guys are probably not the most talented basketball players. Um, and we haven't won a game yet. We're like, Oh, and five of the season. Uh, <laughs> not, not, not great. 
Um, I will take partial blame for that for sure. But um, it's like, you know, it's tough because I, I draw up these plays and, you know, my team obviously like it's just tough for, I guess, even that from, you know, when you're a sophomore through senior, they just can't execute the plays in the game. Oh, they're in so, high school? Yeah, they're in high school. Sophomore to so. senior year kids. Damn, I thought these were young kids. Okay. No, no, no. I'm coaching like high school kids, which oh. again, which is why I get, which is why I've gotten a little bit more angry when guys like don't know how to run a play. Cause I'm like, aren't you guys playing varsity basketball? These plays aren't yeah, that good. Yeah. There's a standard. But, right. Uh, yeah. No, you, you're definitely a big, big part of that. So I was like, damn, man, if he can, I think I might. <laughs> uh, and I mean, yeah. it was a different situation, but you had, you obviously have a directed audience and a very directed motive to this but i'm glad you're getting to do that and you're talking to some really cool people and um, i'm glad that we i got to be on it as well so and i'm glad you got to be on this so yeah well dude th thank you you know i'm always i'm always glad to talk with you you know mm -hmm. obviously you, you become a good friend of mine it's always good to catch you up Absolutely. Um, I'm, really, I'm glad we got to get, talk about these, all this stuff because i think it's it's interesting for people to to get like just the different viewpoints of you know to people and um, you know, sometimes you don't know everything about what people think. So, um, being yeah. able to have a kind of free open dialogue thing is great. So thank you again for Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And I look forward to hearing more about, about what happens with, uh, with life and everything and, um, hope to have you on again sometime. So thanks. <laughs> yeah. Take it easy. All right, pal.